everybody, welcome to Life Church Global. We're so glad to be here with you today. This is an awesome day. I have some friends in the house that will make noise from time to time. <laughs> we, we are, we are, we're a church full of joy. So if you're at your life group, don't be shy. Give, give Jesus a loud shout of praise wherever you are. Amen, amen. It's so awesome to be with you today and we're grateful for the opportunity that Kelsey and I get to serve you. Uh, and it's such an opportunity for our church, for our coaches, churches, for our coaches in our churches and the pastoral team and every single person who is serving you to facilitate this life experience. We just want to bless you. We just want to thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for serving the house. Everything that you do, everything that you do expands the kingdom of God. So thank you for partnering with us to expand the kingdom of God and take the message of life to the nations. So we're grateful. We're continuing on this series called The God Element. I've thoroughly enjoyed this series and I really believe that God is going to take us deeper uh, today we're gonna. I'm gonna ask God to open our hearts so that we can understand exactly what He wants to reveal to us today. So in the series, so far in the series, we've understood that Christ is the fabric of life. He is the frequency. He is the universe. He is the atom. He is the photon. He is in everything. In fact, we are all a manifestation of Christ on the earth. And so if you, if you are already not offended by that statement, then you will understand everything that I'm about to say uh, today. So we, we understood that Christ is the fabric, but we also understand that He is the foundation. He, he is the foundation of life. He is the foundation of the world. He is, he is before the foundation, but He's also the building that God is building in the world. So He's building the, He's built the foundation and He's building the building called Christ. What Christ does is he, he is so entangled with the Father that He also now entangles you, your life, your body, every single aspect of your life with the Father so that the plans that the Father has, the purposes that the Father has is divinely orchestrated into your life. You might think you're just going through life, but actually God is uniquely creating circumstances and situations in your life so that He can reveal Christ and His plan and His purpose to the world. See, you exist, you and I exist to reveal Christ. You don't exist to reveal Jesus, you, reveal, you exist to reveal Christ to the world. And we'll understand this in a greater level depth today, but I want to I wanna encourage you to have an open mind today as you hear the word. You know, um, God, Christ is the very intelligence of the Father, but the intelligence of the Father, this divine intelligence needs a body to have access to functioning on the earth. See, God honors His word. He gave man responsibility over the earth. He will not usurp man in order to or, or, or override his authority because he knows what's good for the earth. I know what's good for the earth, so man doesn't know, so I'm going to come and take over and I'm going to do whatever I need to do and then it's going to become exactly what I want it to become. That's not how God operates. He honors his creation. And the, and the thing that I want to present to you is do you honor his creation? See, God works in partnership. He co-labors with you and me. And today I'm inviting every single person in Life Church Global to co-labor with one another. And so saying that we've understood that God's 
purposes, His plans and purposes in our life come into us through Christ, through this fabric. And God and Christ in us is so entangled with the Father that when people look at you uh, and me and they look at your brothers and sisters in the church, they should find that there is no difference between your heavenly Father and you. When they find a difference between God and you, that means you are manifesting you more than you're supposed to be manifesting Christ. If your personality is so out there and it's not Christ, that old house which was broken down is something that you're rebuilding because you seem to get affirmation and comfort from that building. You seem to like the praise. You seem to like the adoration. You seem to like all that stuff. It makes you feel happy. It makes you feel good. But if that old house is broken down, that old man is dead, then you exist to manifest Christ on the earth. You exist to reveal Christ to all of creation. So which means if you and I become invisible, Christ becomes visible. So the title of my message today is The Christ Effect, all right? I would love for you to open your Bibles to John chapter 14, where Jesus makes a profound statement to his disciples. He says this, he says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. So I want to get into this right now. John chapter 14 from verses 1, it says this, let not your heart be troubled. Okay, he, he's saying this because he has just finished making a statement to Peter where he was saying, Peter, before you are going to deny me three times. Okay, so after saying that, he says this statement, let not your heart be troubled. Just imagine the process that this disciple who has left everything and followed Jesus and Jesus is telling me, you're going to deny me three times. And then he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. I'm like, dude, you're confusing me. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me. You believe in God. Believe also in me. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. And our dear friend Thomas said this to him. Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? I like Thomas. Actually, he's very practical. I, I really like him. He's just like, okay, guys, there has to be some black and white here. Okay. Jesus, you need to make some sense to me. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7 says this, If you had known me, you would have known my Father. Ooh. Let me repeat that again. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. <laughs> wow. Very interesting. Then Brother Philip said to him, Lord, 
show us the father and it is sufficient for us it's a very interesting statement right jesus is saying you've jesus is saying if you had known me you would also known the father and from now on you know him and have seen him and philip's next statement to him is just show us the father and that's sufficient this phenomenon is a very mystical statement this is mystical meeting happening right here very mystical then jesus said to him have i been with you so long yet you have not known me philip <laughs> he who has seen me has seen the father so how can you say show us the father do you not believe that i am in the father and the father in me the words that i speak to you i do not speak on my own authority but the father who dwells in me does the work believe me that i am in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves so jesus is really talking he's predicting peter's denial and he's saying let not your heart be troubled don't worry about it i i'm not taking offense but then he goes on to have a discussion which is very very different he goes on to say hey listen i'm going and i'm coming but when i come i'm coming to take you to myself but you've come so you've come here how are you going to take us to yourself so that means you're somewhere but you're also here but i want to i want to touch on this this one thing if you had if you had known me you would have known my father it's the language you have to watch the language in the bible if you had known me you would know you would have known my father also and from now on you know him and have seen him what is jesus talking about here he he tells philip have i been with you so long and yet you have not known me like i mean i've hung out with people and within 2 3 hours they know me but do they know me that's the kind of question that jesus is asking you've hung out with me you know me now for 6 years but do you know me <laughs> do you really know me that's a spooky question but jesus is saying philip have i been with you so long yet you have not known me which means that this conversation is not happening with jesus and his disciples this conversation is happening between christ and his disciples through jesus because jesus they know because they've been with him they've seen the works they've seen the miracles they've heard the messages they all of that stuff they've lived practically living with the guy for 3 and 1/2 years but somehow here Jesus makes the statement Christ makes the statement through Jesus saying if you have known me if you had known me you would have known the father I want to I want to present this or I want to submit this revelation to you that the purpose of Jesus the man was to reveal 
Christ to the world. And in revealing Christ to the world, Christ would reveal the Father to the world. We, we must understand that Christ from the, was, was before time began. Christ was at the foundation of the world. Christ had, is the fabric through life that was compounding and became Christ. But that was not the end of Christ. That was just the Jesus' death, burial and resurrection was the, was the end of the purpose of the man Jesus. But Christ continues. He was before Christ and he is also after Christ even till today. He is in all of us around us. He is in the atmosphere. He is the air we breathe. He is the universe. He is the land. He is the earth. He is the fire. He is everything. But do you know him? That's the question he's asking you today. Jesus, we know, we've read the scriptures, we've received him as our Lord. He is our savior for sure. But do you know who Jesus came to reveal? Do you know who Jesus revealed while he was on the earth? See, we often say Jesus' purpose was to reveal the Father and that is true. But that was the purpose of Christ. And that's why Christ manifested in the form of Jesus so he could reveal the Father. We must understand the ministry, the service of Christ to the Father. See, Christ, his responsibility to the Father, his purpose to the Father, he's fulfilling the desires of the Father. What was that? Was to make man and God become one again. So in order for that to happen, Christ had to become a man. And so that man, his purpose was to reveal, to manifest Christ so that everybody who receives Christ as their Lord, who receives Jesus as their Lord, now have direct access to the Father. So it was not just Jesus, the man saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. It was actually Christ from the beginning of time that was revealing that he was the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is the way to the Father, he is the one. It might sound like, what are you saying? We've believed Jesus that is everything. It is. But you must understand, Jesus the man had a purpose. That's the reason why he was manifested. He was the one who took on the sins of the world. He was the one who became a man like you and me so that he could take on the sins of the world, become the sacrifice. And through Jesus now, we can receive justification, sanctification, righteousness, all that stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, you and I did absolutely nothing. You and I today are righteous because Christ in us keeps us righteous. Christ in me is the hope of glory, not Jesus. Jesus made the way. He was the one who manifested, revealed Christ. Christ is the one who needs to be magnified. And so here he's saying to Philip, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me? It's Jesus coming out through Jesus' mouth, but that's actually Christ communicating to Philip saying, Philip, I'm the one who's come to you through Jesus. You, You know Jesus, but do you know me?
It's a very mystical, it's a very mystical moment where we see Christ desiring for the people who were with Jesus to know him. It's a mystical moment. It's a, very, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Because Jesus, they know. His mother, father, brothers, they know. The miracle signs and wonders, they know. But who was the one doing it in Jesus? They didn't know that. They were closest to him, but they didn't know it. Come on, man. See, when you and I look at everything that's happening in church, look at everything, all the miracles, the signs and wonders. Yeah, wow, we celebrate it. Who are you celebrating? Why are you celebrating it? It's because you've discovered that this invisible force that existed before time began has manifested itself in a miracle sign and wonder in your life. That's what you're celebrating. You're celebrating, oh my goodness, I've got a revelation. Of course, I've seen him. You must understand that Christ is so entangled with the Father that Jesus the man became entangled with the Father. Divinely entangled. To a point where Jesus now, Christ talking through Jesus is saying, Philip, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. You must understand, you and I sitting around today, watching the service, all of us carry the fabric of Christ on the inside of us. And Christ has manifested in the flesh through the earth. He's manifested himself. That's why you can see people is because that manifestation now is being revealed in the form of Alejandra, Maria, you know, Kelsey, John. You're seeing it because Christ is, this is Christ's manifestation of an expression of God called John. But it has a purpose. And that purpose is to reveal Christ. Not reveal John, reveal Christ. Every time I reveal Christ now, anybody else who sees Christ receives Jesus as their Lord. Because Christ manifests Jesus. Christ is the one who reveals the Father. And now you must understand, Jesus is not ashamed of saying the statement. He's not scared of saying the statement, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Can you and I make that statement today? Whether Jesus was fully God and fully man. So this fully God and fully man is talking to his disciples and saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus asking Philip the question, Philip, haven't I been with you so long and you don't know me? See, a lot of us have relationships with people, but we really don't know them. How, how do I get to know a person? There's a word, it's called fellowship. You can have relationship over SMS. Let's, let's say it's long distance relationship. COVID has made long distance relationship a comfort zone. 
We have relationship, Pastor. Over YouTube and Facebook and you know Instagram and we are I'm 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 with the church. But the problem is, do you know me? Do I know you? That knowing part happens in the fellowship. The fellowship. We do not neglect the fellowship, the gathering of the believers. See, because it's in the fellowship, communion. It is in the communion that you become a part of me and I become a part of you. But what is that becoming thing? What, what am I becoming by partaking of you and you partaking of me? We're discovering Christ in each other. See, I want to I encourage every single person today. I want to encourage you to go on a life quest. Wow, sounds like a video game. Life quest. It's like treasure hunting. I want to encourage you to go on a life quest. And that quest is to discover Christ in everyone and everything. You will become unoffendable if you discover, if you choose to discover Christ, only Christ, in every single person, in every single government, in every single leader, pastor, congregation member, all of creation, including your dog, your cat, the rats, the cockroaches, all of them, all of creation, the wind, the water, the earth, all the elements, all the spirits, all the beings, have a quest to discover Christ. You will never get hurt. You will never get offended. You will never get betrayed. You will never allow anything to judge you. The, Jesus says, the righteous, nobody can judge. Why? Why? Why do you do that? How come? How come? How, come? how does that happen? It's because I only live to discover Christ in you. I only exist to discover Christ. I'm on, a, I'm on a quest to discover Christ. You know, we, we love the presence of God. Okay, we love God's presence. And we say, God, I love your presence. What are you talking about? Presence of what? Who? It's the presence of Christ. He is the ancient one that you're discovering. You're discovering this, this ancient being, this force, this invisible energy from the beginning of time, you're, you're saying, I'm making room for you. I'm making room for you in my life. I'm making room for your presence. I want to discover you, Christ. I want to discover this in God intelligence. I want to discover this, this being, this invisible being that has existed before time began. But he lives in me. He lives around me. Christ in me. Christ around me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ everywhere. But I want to be conscious of this presence. Not just the, the goosebumps. Not just the nice feeling. I want, to, I, want to, I want to engage with Christ. When you see people, don't look at their personality because that's just the expression, but look deeper, look beyond. See, when you look at people, you're looking at a manifested frequency that you can touch, but it's stopped there. They might be growing older, but that frequency has stopped. When you look beyond the frequency, there is something that when you look beyond the person, there is an energy. There's, a, there's something beyond them. What is that energy? It's Christ. And when you discover that energy, when you discover Christ, now Christ opens the door and reveals the Father. 
So when you look at a person, you're seeing the father. Come on, man. But see, when you look at the offense in a person, you look at the 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 you know the issues in a person's life, or you look at a character, you're looking at the fallen man. That only is revealing things that are fallen in nature. But when you pursue Christ in a person, listen, there's goodness in every single person. I've seen people who are not saved, people who are not Christians, giving more liberally than Christians do. Where's that goodness? It's Christ. See, but when you look at it and you say, oh, you know, the wicked have all the money. Why is God allowing them to have all the money? It's because they're really good at storing it up. We don't have the wisdom. They do. And so because God has to keep the economy and the world's running, they do a damn good job at it. They do a really good job of it. And so because of that, they continue to get rich. But all of them getting rich are being stored up for the righteous. So we celebrate this part. Because you want something free. <laughs> but what if I would encourage you this way? That if you would look at them, not as from a, from a point of wickedness, because the minute you look at them as wicked, you are judging them. But you're judging, actually judging people according to the wickedness in your heart. So when you look at people who have all the money, the, the, you know, the, the richest people, the Bezos and the Musks and all the Facebook guy, I don't even know his name, but whatever, all of them, when you look at all these richest people in the world, don't envy them, but look at Christ being the richest person in the earth. Christ is the one who has created Amazon. Christ is the one who created Facebook. Christ is the one who took that spaceship into the air and then brought it back down safely. Christ is the one who, who has created artificial intelligence to drive on the road with us so that you can fall asleep in the car. He cares about you. Think about these things. It's not just, oh, you know, these people want my money. No, it's not, it's not about money. Look at it from a point of view of Christ. I'm discovering Christ. I'm going, I'm traveling the world because I want to see Christ. I'm not just going on a holiday. I'm going to discover Christ, man. You might go to the mountains. The Bible says, even in the deepest part of hell, you are there. Come on now, he's talking about Christ. Even if I go to Sheol, you are there. I, I cannot escape you. Come on now. This is brilliant stuff. So you're going on holiday? Well, you're not coming to church. That's okay. But are you, are you, are you going there with the desire for Christ? Otherwise, you're just going to go sleep and come back. You could do that here without paying so much money. But if you were to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going on this holiday because I want to discover Christ in that nation. I want to discover Christ in those people. I want to discover how Christ interacts with them and their food. Come on now. You, you see, when you look at the, how come this nation has these vegetables and these things growing and why, why is there so much of harvest in this nation? How come the, the beef from Japan is so good? You know, you have to ask yourself these questions. <laughs> but, but the desire is, the desire is to pursue Christ. I want to know Christ. 
Paul says, I only know Christ crucified. Don't talk to me about anything else. If I come to you, I only want to know about Christ crucified. That's it. Everything else is immaterial. Why? Because we're on a, we're on a journey. We're on an adventure to discover Christ. And as soon as we discover Christ, whatever we discover gets built into us. And now when we get built into us, now when we live out Christ, now Christ gets magnified. Christ gets glorified. Christ is revealed to all the world. And every single person that sees Christ being magnified in your life now begins to receive the same thing that you received. So now Christ is just multiplying. He's growing. His body is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Until one day, every single person will know Christ and every single person will magnify Christ and glorify Christ and manifest Christ in the world. And that's when the head will come and attach itself to the body. See, it is Christ that makes us spotless. It's Christ who, who prepares the bride for, his groom, for her groom. Come on now. It's Christ. It's Christ, it's the spirit of Christ. All of it is the same thing. The mind of Christ. They're all, they're all, it's the intelligence of the Father that is in you and me. And we've got to really come into a place where we need to understand, I want to build relationship with people, but I need to fellowship with them. I just am not going to tick the box anymore. This Christianity, is that box doesn't exist, ladies and gentlemen. The box died on the cross. You must understand, he came out of the box. And once he came out of the box, it was empty. There's nothing. Don't go back in there. Paul says, do not consider Jesus according to the flesh. We have been write songs about it. We do dances about it. We do all of that stuff. But we ignore the very one who is still present. He's present before time began and He will always be with us. Christ be magnified in our lives. You know, when we look through the Bible, what do we really see? When we look through the Bible, we look at Genesis, we look at, you know, we look at Genesis 2, Revelation. We, we look at Genesis, Exodus, you know, all these, all these stories about these people. Wow, man, they, wow, Abraham, father of faith. Abraham was, had no relationship with God. I just want to show you the Christ effect has been going on since the beginning of time. And Christ and Abraham was, a, was an unbeliever. He believed other gods. He was practicing their religion. Until one day, God spoke to him. You must understand this, ladies and gentlemen. How did a man who was pursuing other gods to understand them and, to, and was worshipping other gods hear God's voice? Oh, come on now. This is, this is very, very good for us. Because it will really settle us in grace. How did a man who was a heathen, let me use that word, word, he was a heathen, had no relationship, nobody told him about Christ, nobody told him about God, Yahweh, all of that stuff. Nobody told him anything. He was worshipping other beings and probably doing a lot of stuff with it. And he now 
hears a voice and the voice tells him leave everybody and come and follow me and he says yes how does that work unless you understand that abraham was not the one saying yes <laughs> it was christ in abraham that opened up abraham's heart so that he could understand what god was revealing to him that's why he said yes it was christ when god the father spoke to abraham christ said yes and opened his heart to understand the significance of his decision that's when he said yes Well you might say show me this in the Bible I'd love to show this to you in the Bible I want you to go to Luke chapter 24 and we see these two guys walking down the street called Emmaus road called Emmaus This is after Jesus is resurrected from the dead and so now these two guys walking down the street Jesus now all of a sudden appears next to them and ask them what what's happening why are you guys so sad right and so they go on this sad story of what what had happened and jesus now chastises them he says this o foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken so jesus so christ now jesus after he's resurrected now manifests himself in a different form to these two guys and he's asking them hey guys what happened and so this sad story Jesus you know we we thought that you know Jesus was our savior but they crucified him he's dead now and now we can't find his body and all that kind of stuff and immediately he said to them oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken which means god was talking to the prophets and releasing christ into the world but the jews these people chose not to believe them In fact they persecuted the prophets. And so because they persecuted the prophets their hearts became cold their hearts became like stone and they missed the moment that God had for them. The door closed for the season. Oh come on now. They were the chosen ones. They were the smallest. God chose them. He favored them. He pursued them for hundreds of years. but they they ignored his word they ignored the prophets he revealed his miracle signs and wonders and all of that stuff to the point where prophets have been prophesying Jesus the messiah he is coming into the world all everything and they still chose not to believe now he says oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken ought not the christ have to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory oh he's not talking about jesus now he's talking about the christ he's talking about the christ was the one who everybody was prophesying and now christ manifested in the flesh with a purpose what was his purpose his purpose was that christ was to suffer these things and enter into his glory which means there's a glory that Christ has left in heaven and I'll show this to you in the bible Christ has left in heaven and he came here on the earth and no because he had no glory no one even recognized him or gave him the time of day 
Because he had no glory, no king glory. Wow, God did not come like, wow, I am God. Trumpets in the air, nothing. He was born in a manger, man. With cattle around him. He chose to become like that. And so he's saying, you know, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded, look, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, it came to pass, verse 30, as he sat at the table and he does communion with them and then he vanishes from their sight. And they are, and verse 32 says, and they, are, and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Wow. So which means Christ came, revealed himself through this person that came there, all of a sudden now, he's talking to them and he's opening up, what? The scriptures, things that have already been spoken. And he's revealing it to them and the eyes don't open till they do communion, fellowship. So which means you can have relationship, but you can, your eyes are still closed to Christ until you have fellowship. <laughs> yes, yes. You cannot, after today, you cannot not place a value on fellowship. I'm not just talking about the big gatherings now. In this season, Christ is being revealed in the little gatherings. Are you placing a value on fellowship? See, because Christ is in full effect in fellowship. Christ is in full effect in fellowship. You can have relationship with God, but if you don't have fellowship, you will not see Christ and you will not magnify Him. You will not manifest Him in the earth. And so it's amazing. I want to show this again to you. So now, in verse 36, we see that all the disciples are gathered and then, you know, they're in this room and then suddenly Jesus appears in the middle of the room and He says, Peace be to you. But they were terrified and frightened and suppose they had seen the spirit. I wouldn't have, I'm not blaming them. It's quite freaky. And then he said to them, why are you troubled? <laughs> Jesus, you are very confusing. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. Look, I mean, oh my goodness, this is just getting bad to us. <laughs> it is I myself handle me. And see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he goes on, he showed them his hands and feet. But they, while they still did not believe for joy and marvel, he said to them, have you any food here? It's amazing. And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb and he took it and ate it in their presence. Wow. Then, he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now, 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. See, 
all the scriptures that we read ladies and gentlemen your mind needs to be opened to understanding the simple fact that every single person every single page in this book is revealing Christ that's it every single thing if you're looking at abraham look at abraham's life like i was talking about before where did abraham get this faith how did he become the father of faith wow man abraham's father he believed man he believed even though he didn't see his son he believed where did he get this ability to believe he was not known as a man of faith before that god chose him something made him become the father of faith what was that christ it was christ in abraham that that caught on to the words of the father and held it in abraham and it held it and he he made abraham understand the the fullness of this word and that's why abraham said i'm not going to give up no matter how long it takes i'm not going to give up because i'm convinced i'm fully convinced on the inside that what god has spoken he will see it to completion But who gives you that ability ladies and gentlemen you don't have faith in yourself It is Christ's ability Now let me show you something in 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 the scriptures okay I want to take you to Galatians chapter 2 uh, and verse 16 I'm going to read in the King James version okay because the new King James version adds a word that the old manuscripts the original manuscripts don't have okay and what that word is in and off okay now the new king james version version says in okay uh, let me read it knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in jesus christ even we have believed in jesus christ that we might be justified by the faith in jesus christ by the faith in christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh will be justified now that sounds like a a lot of you know it 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 is very confusing when you read it like but if you read it in the king james version it says this knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of jesus christ even we have believed in jesus christ that we might be justified by f- by the faith of christ and not by the works of the law i will explain a little bit okay so he's saying now look knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law so the works of the law don't actually justify you before god Okay so if the law tells you you're a sinner and you're trying to be holy God doesn't consider it as a work. Okay so if religion tells you you are a sinner you need to do this you need to do that and if you don't do this God's going to going to accept you that's the law. And he, here the writer is saying God doesn't even consider that. So don't even try it. What he's saying here is knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ 
even we have believed now we have believed in Jesus Christ right we believe that God became flesh and he took our sins upon the cross we believe him that he made the way through the cross Christ made the way through Jesus Christ through the cross to the father now we're sanctified we're all everything's fine right because of our belief our faith in Jesus Christ so we believe in Jesus Christ right but who does Christ believe in I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that God became a man. I've comp- I've understood the mystery. I accept it even though I fully don't com- understand it, but I accept it. I have faith for it. I believe in Jesus. But then he says, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might that we might be justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. So which means my belief in Jesus Christ really doesn't justify me before the Father. Oh this is this is good this is really good what justifies me before the father is the faith of Christ in the father so when i put my faith in jesus christ when i put my faith in christ now christ now it is his faith before the father that i'm justified by so jesus makes the way and he reveals christ and christ now is the one who's accepted before the father why because the father sent christ into the world he came into the world with a purpose and that purpose manifested into the into christ and now christ reveals jesus reveals christ christ reveals the father christ stands before the father on your behalf and so it is not your faith ladies and gentlemen it is his faith in you It is the faith of Christ in you that believes God's promises for your life. But those promises that God has made over your life is not just for you, it is so that he could use your body to fulfill his plan and purposes on the earth. If you think you're the beneficiary of it, then you're completely mistaken. He is the beneficiary of it. He is the beneficiary of your existence on the earth. Let me just say that very plainly. If you thought that your life was about you, then you need some repentance and renewing of your mind to take place. Because you exist to fulfill the will of the Father. How does that happen? Through Christ. Christ does it. You don't have to try, you just have to find out what he's doing and say, "Yes, I agree with you. I will be there. I will do that. I will give that. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. Use my body." That's why when Peter's walking down the road, his shadow heals the sick. Why because that's his purpose the purpose of Christ is to do that Peter if Peter did not walk down the street do you think people would have gotten healed Christ wants to use you but Christ will never abuse you If you've felt that you were being abused by the church and I'm being used so much and my life i don't know, all that stuff you make those statements it is because you've been the the beneficiary of everything that you're doing but if you if christ is the beneficiary if the father is the beneficiary it would be a joy to waste your life away yeah come on come on oh big up very 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 quiet <laughs> What would it what would it look like man you you just wake up every single day and and you you you're lying down in bed like that and you're praying to the father 
and you're saying, Father, what is your plan for my life today? I want you to go to work and I want you to, to do this, 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 this. Great. That's what I'll do. But you don't have to worry about getting it done because I've given you grace. His name is Christ. Give Christ. Now, you just make yourself available and Christ will perfect you and Christ will do it through you and everybody will think it's about you. But in that moment, you have a responsibility to reveal Christ. Don't forget that part. That part's very important because if you, if you don't reveal Christ, you'll make it about you. So I will use you I will use that body that I gave you. <laughs> I, I, will, I, will, I will use that job that I gave you. I'll use the business that I gave you. I'll use the church that I gave you. I placed you in. I'm the one that gave you the dogs. I'm the one that gave you the clothes. I'm the one that gave you the car. You thought you bought it on installments, but actually I made the provision for it. Don't worry about it. I'm not there just like, I'm not like glory hungry, right? You know, God is not like that. But he, he, you must understand. The nature of Christ is to be invisible. But his invisibility is an invitation to you and me to make him visible. He is so humble. He is so humble that he will not force a manifestation if you don't want it. If you don't lay hands on the sick, he won't force a healing through you. He won't force you out of bed (laughs) to go to work. But he will wait to partner with you. He will wait for you to co-labor with you so that he'll do everything, ladies and gentlemen. He will make you a supernatural being. He will transform you into the image and likeness of Jesus. He will do it. But you just need to be available. Now, I want you to go to John chapter 17. I want to read something very, very interesting to you. John 17. This is a very unique moment in the scriptures where we see Christ having a moment with the Father. And we'll read from verses 1 to 5. John 17, verses 1 to 5. And it says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Okay? Please now, listen to the language here. Okay? Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. You cannot glorify God unless God glorifies you first. But to experience glory, you have to go through the cross, (laughs) the test. So in order for you to to, to experience glory, you have to go, you have to overcome. Not you, Christ does it through you. He is the grace in your life. He is the grace that helps you 
that enables you to overcome, to have victory. But once you have victory, that, that medal that you receive, that bonus that you receive, that salary increase that you receive, that miracle that you see, the sign and wonder that you see, the, the, the business, the new business, all of that stuff, the peace in the world, the joy in the world, joy to the world, all of that stuff. The, what you see is glory coming to you. So now he's saying this, glorify me, your son, so that I may glorify you. So which means unless the father glorifies you, you have no glory to give him. So that word glory means to magnify, to give weight to something. It's the word uh, doxa. He's now beginning, this is, this is a very unique conversation. You have to watch the language, okay? Glorify your son that your son may also may glorify you. Okay, then he says, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Look, the, the language is completely, is, is a little different. When, when I'm praying to God, uh, my communication to the Father is not in third person. I'm not, it's not like this, you know, Father, I pray that you would bless John Bestovich. Uh, it's, it's weird. Unless you understand that this is not actually Jesus, the man communicating, but it's Christ communicating to the Father through Jesus, the man. But he's talking, Christ is asking the Father to glorify the Son. Christ is asking the Father to give glory to his Son. Jesus is the Son of God. And Christ is asking, this divine intelligence, this being, is asking the Father to glorify the Son so that the Son may give glory to the Father. What is He saying? This is the opportunity for Jesus, the man, to become glorious. So that now, everybody who sees His glory will say it's come from you. Because when they see His glory, they see your glory. See, the whole purpose of God glorifying Jesus is so that the Father is revealed. Okay? So now, He's saying, As you have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as you have given Him. And this is the eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is Christ now talking about Jesus. Then he says this, this is where it completely changes. Look at the language. Verse 4. I have glorified you on the earth. You see? Completely changes. He's saying glorify Jesus, which means Jesus at that point did not have glory. Verse 4. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus had not yet been to the cross. Come on now. Lord, give us understanding, Lord. Give, open the scriptures to us, Lord. Open it, Lord. Verse 5, and he says, Now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. This is Christ communicating to the Father. So which means 
when Christ came to the earth, when Christ, when the, when the, the Lamb was slain at the foundation of the world and Christ came and it was in the word and everything was created, it came, He came without His glory. He came, He left His glory in heaven and became hum, like a humble servant. But we think that that's just Jesus. But that, that's actually the nature of Christ. Humility is the nature of Christ. Invisibility is the nature of Christ. Visibility is the nature of Jesus, the man. And so now he's saying this, Father, glorify me together with yourself. This is amazing. With the glory which I had with you before the world was, which means that before the world was and Jesus and Christ was in the world, he came without a glory. And because he came without a glory, listen to me very carefully. Nobody gave him the time of day. Nobody recognized him because they could not see him. They did not know him. They could not say that, okay, this is Christ. Christ is the one who gives us life. Christ is the one. That's why if they knew, if the Jews knew who Jesus was, they would not have crucified him. That's what the Bible says. He chose to become invisible. He chose to manifest himself in a manger. He chose, he chooses the weak ones. He chooses the ones who are broken. He chooses the ones who are, who is the smallest. He chooses the ones who are unqualified. Why? Because that's the nature of Christ. He chooses you when you are in your worst state and then he becomes who you need to become. But in that place, he reveals Christ. He reveals the father to you. When we choose to humble ourselves, when we choose to honor Christ in one another, ladies and gentlemen, you are now revealing Christ to the world. You know, the people are walking around and saying, well, you know, Ashang is such a humble guy. <laughs> he is, he is. But it's actually that humility is Christ. If you get to know Ashang and you spend time with him and you look deeper beyond Ashang, the man, you will find Christ. And it's that Christ is the one who is really giving life and direction to every aspect of our lives. It's saying this, I have glorified you on the earth, which means every time I'm invisible, the Father's visible. And every time Christ chose to become invisible, ladies and gentlemen, the Father became visible through Jesus Christ. And even when Christ came as Jesus, nobody knew him as Christ, as God. They saw him as a man that claimed to be the Son of God. We must understand what's happening here. Christ, ladies and gentlemen, is the fabric that has existed before time. And even in time, and even after time, he will still exist. But there's a glory. He's looking, he's asking the Father, Father, give me the glory which I had before the world began. And that glory, ladies and gentlemen, is given to you and me. Christ receives the glory when you and I begin to manifest Him into the world.
That's when Christ is magnified. When Christ is revealed through our lives. See, I want to encourage you. The purpose of your life today to fulfill the will of God is to discover Christ. Discover Christ not only in your life, but in in everyone that you meet, every single being that you encounter, every single animal, every bird, everything. Look at the look at the look at the kind of birds, look at the butterflies, look at the mountains, the valleys, look at the look, look at the desert, look at the, the sea, look at everything that God has created. But when you look at it, what makes you be in awe and wonder of the beauty of all of creation? You need to know that that is Christ. You need to know that that is Christ. And when you begin to look at it, when you look at the scriptures, not just as a story, man, Abraham was a man of faith. Oh, wow, David was a king. Wow, man. How did David become a king? You must understand, it is years and years of compounding of Christ. Every generation receives a greater revelation. The next generation receives a greater revelation of Christ than the previous generation. And every generation, Christ became more visible and more visible and more visible. There will come a point in time where you, they will not know the difference between you and Christ. That is God's purpose for your life. It's to to reveal so much of Christ that people will say, man, you are just like your heavenly father. And so today, church, I want to bless you with this word. I just want to declare over you that your hearts would be open to receiving fresh revelation. This is fresh revelation that is being released to you today. I want to encourage you to open the scriptures for yourself. Open, look for Christ in it. Look for it in the language. Look for it in the language of the text. Look for it. Don't just look over commas and and full stops use it use it to understand who is communicating to who right now and you will begin to see that in the voice of abraham saying yes it was christ in david running away from saul but pursuing pursuing god his presence it was christ in in david it was christ in david that made him the king we we look at all the flaws but actually let's look at christ in one another we look at we look at the flaws in the world but actually god did not create a world full of flaws but he actually sent you and i so that we can subdue and give life to the world around us and the way we do that is by discovering christ in us is the hope of all glory. So I want to bless you today, church. Kelsey and I love you. We just declare God's abundant love and revelation. May this year, may this week be a week of revelation to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you.